and welcome back to the Learning to Sit Still podcast. I want to thank you for listening. If this is your first time joining me, welcome. I am so glad you could be here today. Be sure to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. And if you have an extra moment, would you consider leaving a review? It only takes a few moments and helps others find this podcast. If you are looking for some good resources for deepening your faith, just visit sitstillmydaughter.com to see what is available for you. I also have a link in the show notes that allows you to donate to this ministry. Your support helps this ministry in continuing to encourage the hearts of women with the truth of God's word. I also have some exciting news to share. I am hosting a special Zoom class where I will share detailed tips on how to journal and why becoming a student of the word, a woman of the word matters. I will also show you my personal favorite study tools, how to use them, and my own Bible. We will go through a verse and I will guide you on how I break down the words. There will also be a Q&A time so you can ask questions. This event is free, but spots are limited, so you will need to sign up via my website and that link will be in the show notes. I would love to see you there. For today, we are back in our study on the Daughters of Eve and talking about Job's wife. I have heard pastors be both hard and compassionate on her for the words she spoke. Let's first read the context in Job chapter 2, verses 7 through 10. So Satan went forth from the presence of the Lord and smote Job with sore boils from the sole of his foot unto his crown. And he took him a potsherd to scrape himself withal, and he sat down among the ashes. Then said his wife unto him, Dost thou still retain thine integrity? Curse God and die. But he said to her, Thou speakest as one of the foolish women speaketh. What? Shall we receive good at the hand of God, and shall we not receive evil? In all this did not Job sin with his lips. Before we start a discussion of her, let's break down a couple of things first and set the stage. The word curse means to curse God or the king as treason. So she really was speaking words of treason against God, which is why Job's response was strong. He called her words foolish, which meant wickedness, a crime, or folly. Our words matter because they reveal what we are thinking and feeling, but they can also be influenced by our circumstances. Think about the setting. Satan has received permission now to attack Job physically and wastes no time afflicting his victim in a miserable way. His wife is witness to this all. She cared for her husband, and it must have hurt her to see him in such pain and agony without any means of relieving it. Plus, she also lost all ten of her children, which must have been a great hurt, difficult to even comprehend. These events, which included also losing the majority of their means of living, are all within a short time span of each other. It was as if she had been hit by a tsunami with her and her husband, the only survivors, standing in a pile of debris of what once was their life. It's important to remember these things before judging her and taking a moment to consider what our response would have been in her shoes. Such intense grief can sometimes block our rational behavior, though it does not excuse it because we still have the choice to refrain our lips, but the level of difficulty has been increased. Suffering 
tends to bring out what is buried inside of us. Like a tea bag that is exposed to hot water, the contents will seep out in our life through our words and actions. Job's character and relationship with God has already been established and is shown by his words of trust in God. But we don't know much about his wife. This is something I want to hone in on for a moment. Our relationship with God is a critical foundation when facing intense moments of crisis and suffering. A few months ago, I finished reading a book on the early life of Elizabeth Elliot, which included her courtship, marriage, and loss of her husband, Jim. After such an immense loss, many expected her to fall apart, yet she and the other women didn't. They had an inner strength that was grounded in their relationship and knowledge of God. This did not mean that they never grieved or even wondered why. But like the psalmist, they returned to what they knew about their God. Listen to something Elizabeth said when she was deeply grieving and missing her husband. And I quote, If only I could die. What a blessed release. But I do not ask to be released. I ask to be made Christ-like in the inmost part of my being, unquote. Those are words spoken by a woman who has made it her habit to dwell in the quiet place. Sadly, it seems that Job's wife may not have been as in tune with God as her husband. I don't want my response to suffering to be like hers. She did understand that to curse God was wrong. It was an act of treason, yet she thought it better to die behaving like that instead of living in suffering. Again, we need to remember the situation, and truly, we can only feel sorry for her and hope that in the end she realized that God was good, and he is always good, no matter how great the suffering may be. He always, always has a purpose. He never calls us to suffer in vain. I desire to have the response of Elizabeth Elliot instead, when trials and suffering come in my life. And the only way I can do that is to do as she did, to be a woman who has been dwelling in the quiet place, learning more about my God and remembering just how much he does love me. I want to prepare my tea bag with the truth of God so that the hot water, when it's poured, like Elizabeth, I can still bless the name of my God and my foundation remains strong. These were some of the points that Job referenced in his own response to his wife, but his words also lead to another lesson. Job did not completely belittle her with his words. He only corrected her. He could have gotten angry with her and said, how dare you say such a thing? And I'm ashamed of your behavior. But instead, his words simply, firmly stated the truth. She was speaking wicked and foolish words. And he also reminded her that as believers, there will be times of hard seasons. This is something we all should keep in mind when speaking to family and friends who are going through a difficult season with us or on their own. If we respond harshly, we are only making the situation worse. Like Job's own friends who later spoke accusingly of him for the next 30-something chapters. While they started off on the right trail by remaining silent for seven days, they ceased when they opened their mouths. I want to be a good friend who speaks wisely both when speaking the truth and with those who are in a place of hurt. Remember, we can always speak the truth in love. 
gently reminding them of the character of our God and giving them a hug of compassion wrapped in a little understanding. I promise that it will make a better impact and has a better chance of reaching them. And lastly, I want to highlight something about suffering. While it is a difficult season to go through, to experience, there is something that takes place here that doesn't in other times of life. A child who is in pain receives an extra dose of comfort and usually their parent remains right by their side throughout the whole ordeal. A child that is happy is often found playing and doing their own thing. Our God promises to be near those who are brokenhearted. He surrounds them with a peace beyond understanding and his comfort is made known to those in need of it most. No one enjoys suffering, but God promises that he will be there with you, walking beside you and reminding us that he is still good. Now, I am not saying that our God is not with us in seasons of joy, but that these things tend to be seen more during those dark days than the ones filled with sunshine. There is a sweet comfort in that thought that even in our darkest days, our God is still there and he will never take his eyes off of us as we lean into him and dwell in his presence, just like Elizabeth Elliot did. Again, this is why the quiet place is so important. It is here that we know him more and discover that he covers us under his wings, that he will never leave us and his heart does grieve with us as he collects each tear in a bottle. Just like Elizabeth who ran to Jesus when the hurts were great and her heart was shattered, she found that he was all she needed and in the same way today he is doing the same for us and he will continue to remain enough until the day we see him in heaven. Let's strive to be women more like Elizabeth Elliot who knew that God was enough but also was a testament to the truth. I want to be remembered as someone who pointed others to Christ by a life lived glorifying him. And that is where we will end today's episode. I pray you have a wonderful day, my friends, and don't forget to sign up for the free journaling Zoom class. May we be women who continually seek to grow in our faith and knowledge of our Savior. Mm-hmm.